You're listening to Get the Skinny with your hosts, Brian Kilby and John DeLuna. This is Get the Skinny. I am Brian Kilby. And with me this week, I am joined by the fitness legend, Dallas's strongest man. Oh, yeah. And the land speed record holder on foot, John DeLuna. Mm, I'm the Tony Little of TFRadio.net. Yeah, something like that. Sure. The Mexican Tony Little. <laughs> Mexican Tony you know Little. There has not been an Hispanic uh, fitness superstar yet. El Santo. Well, well, yeah. I mean. Uh, like El Santo, honestly, just about has the physique that I want. Except for being I dead. I understand. Well, well, yes, yes. Not not the current. His current physique is, is lacking in uh, blood circulation, for one. Probably yeah. a lot of uh, uh, soft tissue, too. But, yeah, I know. In his prime, I could see that. I can buy that. But we've had uh, Billy Blanks. We've had Tony Little. We've had the Stop the Insanity Girl. Um, Jillian uh, Michael, I, Michaels, I think. Anyway, yeah. all I'm saying is we're long, we're long overdue for a rip to Mexican. Uh, just being in your face uh, on infomercials. That's, That's coming, true. I hope. That is true. Brian, I want to start the show with sad news for seafood lovers. Oh, no. Joe's Crab Shack is I've... reportedly filing for bankruptcy. Really? Yes. I've always it's, wanted to go there. Uh, well, you better hurry. <laughs> uh, it might be too late. So Ignite Restaurant Group announced in a press statement uh, this week that it's agreeing with Kelly Companies to sell Joe's Crab Shack and Brick House Tavern, all of the subsidiaries, Joe's Crab Shack included, filed voluntary petitions for reorganization under Chapter 11. That means they're kaput. In fact, that means that Joe's has 60 to 90 days to sell all of their assets. A silver lining for Joe Crab Shack fans, which uh, might be you, but you'll never know. during this troubled time, all 112 locations of Joe's Crab Shack, aha, will remain open during the sales process. So, Brian, you have 60 to 90 days, that's for sure. Uh, and in this period, the seafood restaurant chain will still accept gift cards and coupons. That's good if you have one in your wallet. And uh, if you got them, though, uh, if you got them, smoke them. Smoke <laughs> them now. You got to use those gift cards now. But you can. You got at least 60 days, maybe up to 90 days before they have to sell all their assets. And then um, who knows what will happen. So, so Brian, you have two or three months to dine at Joe's Crab Shack. And then the great Joe's Crab Shack era in modern America might be closed. The, Rip, uh, Joe. the nearest one is too far away. How far is it? About three hours. Are you a seafood fan? Some people, that's, it can be a love-hate, certainly like a yes or no kind of question. Three hours away, there's better seafood than, than that place, I'm certain. But do you like seafood? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. like, I... I am not like, it's not my favorite thing, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, before we jump into uh, our regular fitness uh, programming, I do want to balance this with good news. If you are of Brian and John's age, circa mid-30s-ish, you might remember a very popular drink, oh, about 15, 20 years ago by the name of Zima. Oh, God. Zima was uh, the uh, the beverage for um, obnoxious young adults in the nineties. Yeah, good news. It's the while it's the end of Joe's Crab Shack, it is the beginning of Zima's second life. It is now going to appear in Walmart what? across the United States. Its distributor Molson Coors uh, has announced that the clear malt beverage 
is making its return. In fact, you might be able to find it now in, in select Walmarts, but uh, it's being distributed as we speak, coast to coast at Walmart. Zima, the refreshing citrus beverage, 5% alcohol by volume. A Walmart communications rep confirmed <laughs> that Zima is hitting the shelves at Walmart stores starting about now in a, quote, limited edition release. And uh, it, in, in late May, Zima's Facebook page changed their cover image to hint and or confirm that uh, Zima was making its comeback. Officially, they promised that it would be uh, in Walmart's honor before July 4th, but apparently it's showing up way earlier than that. It's uh, it's a bit of 90s nostalgia. I think you and I can appreciate nostalgia, Brian. Uh, a little uh, bit. Yeah, by looking around the rooms we're recording in. Yes. Uh, Zima aficionados must be aware that unlike the unfading memories of Zima, this national reintroduction of the alcoholic beverage will not last forever. Like I said, it's limited. Limited edition. Uh, the Walmart spokesman said, we'll see. We'll sell as much as we have. But when it sells out, it's gone. However, if uh, U.S.'s Zima supply runs short this summer, there are alternatives in the form of a proxy service that does ship internationally. Uh, Molson is uh, Canadian, so uh, Zima has Canadian roots. So uh, the White Rabbit Express, which is apparently a, uh, an international distributor, will have Zima indefinitely. But for now, if you guys want a clear malt beverage from 1993, uh, check out Walmart, because of course it is at Walmart. Brian, this... Uh, this is yet another indication that people like you and me in their mid mid to late thirties, yeah, uh, we are aging now into it's our time to shine as like the prime target for consumer brands because we're apparently we are sliding into that demo where we are allegedly at peak earning power, still youngish, and just dripping with nostalgia. So I'm sure this is just one more like. Um, one more log on the fire of 80s slash 90s nostalgia that uh, that is only going to get hotter. So was this like a Kickstarter or something? I have no idea. I have yeah. no idea how uh, this like rebirth began. And so it seems like to me that Kickstarter sort of spawned, like to your point, this whole uh, let's – there's money in nostalgia. Oh, yes. For Let, sure. Yeah, let's let's bring it back. But it's like now you don't even have to run a Kickstarter for anything. Because we right. know people our, our age are going to buy it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Everybody's just kind of trolling around for what was big in the late 80s through mid 90s. I think that's for sure. I, I, well, because because like I said, like we are, we're not young. At least people like it. Like I said, Brian and I are in our mid to late 30s. Yes. So we're not, we're not young. We're not old. And as a group, our buying power is substantial. And we lived through two pretty iconic decades for like rampant capitalism and consumerism. So there's a ton of brands and product to bring back to the market that, I mean, until we flat out reject something, they're just going to keep pumping it out. I'm surprised, Brian, that we haven't had more, more retro foods come through like, um, like the double decker pizza from Pizza Hut. I never that that I I don't I never had that. But uh but it was a thing. Is the kind of like the point. Like it was a 90s kind of thing. Or the um what was the burger at McDonald's that like there it came in a, a two 
it came in like a dual compartment oh, styrofoam God. box where the hot stuff stayed hot and the cold, cold stuff, stuff stayed cold. Yes. That thing. Why haven't we gotten that? We're getting that for sure. Was it the point, McBLT? Right? Yeah, something like that. Twitter will correct it but uh, or inform us. But uh, I'm surprised we haven't just gotten flat out more like just straight up retro food. Um, I think I mentioned like in a podcast a while ago uh, to you that the like the way Little Caesars delivered their double pizza in the 80s and very early 90s was basically what looked like a surfboard with two. It was just a big, long plank of cardboard with the two pizzas side by side wrapped in paper. And it was like three feet long, three and a half feet long, something crazy. It was just two big pizzas side by side. It was the dumbest yeah. uh, vehicle for delivering two pizzas possible. But if they reintroduced that, I would totally eat more Little Caesars just to get the packaging. It's retro packaging. So I'm just, I'm just kind of surprised we haven't done, I mean, done even, more of that. Even food-wise, I spent a stupid amount of money uh, mm-hmm. last year or the year before on a freaking Trapper Keeper. Ah, yes, for sure. A Did trapper keeper. Yes. Well, no. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> okay. I got it, and I worried I would be the trapper keeper guy, so I quit carrying it at work. Oh. What color was it? Red. It, it wasn't like, a, it wasn't like uh, a Lamborghini or balloons or cats or anything. It was just red. Oh, mm. uh, okay. So it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like uh, pulled through the um, space and time continuum, but uh, it, was, it was updated somewhat. Yes. It wasn't. It wasn't just like a reissue. No, it, I mean, well, they should have done that. It was. Um, I mean, same font and everything, same vinyl material. It very well could have just been an original that was red, and uh, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, so Brian, before we jump into again, uh, before we jump into fitness, and I've got some updates and some stuff on uh, my fitness pal, and even and a story of woe from the gym actually to share with everybody before we do that i have a warning uh today the day of recording we don't get into politics we will not get into politics yes it was a big political day when we recorded so you can figure out when we recorded this on behalf of this very um governmental day per se i will pass on a warning to all of you on behalf of the cdc which apparently has put out an official warning asking people to stop kissing and snuggling live poultry because you can get apparently salmonella from being too cuddly with your pet chicken. What? Uh, the Centers for Disease Control put out an outbreak advisory right at the beginning of June, where they interviewed 228 uh, of the 372 victims of salmonella poisoning so far this year. So about two, about two thirds, uh, or a little over half, of all the people who have contracted salmonella poisoning this year. The CDC interviewed those people. So, of course, uh, of those 228 people, 190, that's 83% of them, admitted to coming into contact with live backyard poultry before getting sick. So with this crucial information in hand, the CDC basically has said, cut that out or at least thoroughly wash your hands after playing uh, with those very cuddly and friendly chickens and ducks. Scariest of all, 36 of those affected by salmonella uh, poisoning are children under five. So parents, uh, make sure that you wash your kids' hands after they come into contact with a live chicken. And keep an eye on them uh, so they don't start uh, licking those chickens and and doing weird things that five-year-olds might do to a chicken. Uh, Especially because uh, kids five or under, 
and I speak from experience. After they, uh, there is a um, a definite correlation between handling disgusting things and immediately after putting your hands in your mouth. Uh, they they like to do that. So, so is like the community farm thing. A, a, is that does that exist in Dallas? Do you guys have that? Uh yeah it uh it, it exists in the hipster neighborhoods for sure. So like I live out in the country here. So uh, you well I've not seen a chicken since moving. But I, I like I have enough land where I could I could put chickens on it if I wanted to. I'm assuming that there are other people out there that probably do want to and probably have done it. I take it you don't want to. No. I have have three dogs and three cats. That's enough. Mm, that's true. Between those, the chicken would be somebody's dinner eventually, I feel. You've yeah. got predators left and right. Yeah, true. Uh, would you uh, – so how – actually, I haven't really talked about this. I feel like I haven't talked about this. Just broadly – when it comes to stuff like bananas, eggs, uh, I guess maybe milk, but mostly the, you know your um, your farm produced things that come from an animal or things that are of an animal on a farm. Uh, Did you say bananas? Yeah, uh, also bananas, like a banana farm with wild bananas just running around, free range bananas. Um, are do you get? the organic or free range versions of stuff like that? Or do you stick with just the kind of standard commercials, uh, grade stuff? Um, I cannot say that I 100% stick to the commercial grades, grade stuff. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to like, when it comes to like fruit and veggies and stuff, I, I, I'm pretty confident that I, I never do organic and non GMO stuff because that's a racket. Um, hashtag truth. Uh, but kind mm, of sick burn. Uh, but uh, I mean, I I will get food that is labeled organic, not because it's labeled organic, but because, like, if I go to Sam's Club or somewhere, it's the only version of it that they have. There's like a really awesome sure. roasted uh, pepper tomato soup that I like that they have. It's organic, so I get organic. But I don't like get organic free range eggs. But you don't like it. You get organic because you have to, not because you like it. Uh. You're yeah. buying in protest. Yeah, I would say that. Now, like, I understand the free-range chicken thing. I can uh, relate to that in the sense that I, I mean, chickens have really terrible lives. Right. Uh, but apparently to qualify as free-range, it's not that much better. So right. I think if you, if you buy uh, eggs that are labeled free-range, don't just assume that the chicken has a wonderful life because it may not. Right. It's not, uh, it's not riding the rails like seeing America and dropping eggs yes. along the way. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I think it has like I think it has to do with just like kind of like square footage per chicken or something like that. I think it honestly, like, I think it honestly has uh, part of it has to do with just the chicken's ability to see the outside. Yeah, yeah, or something, or or, or yeah, arbitrary crap like that, or like kind yes. of turn around or something like uh, that. So I like I I honestly kind of want to give up chicken uh, because I grew up in a town uh, where uh, one of the biggest in <laughs> the biggest industries there uh, were NASCAR. <laughs> And apples and chicken, um, and uh, what a nirvana! I know, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but chickens have a terrible life, uh, and like male baby chicks, uh, their life is very short because oh, the, gosh, they're yes. called. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's cruel. Mm. Um, so, um, God, I, I really would like to give up chicken. I, I'm a terrible person. I, I feel sometimes for not doing it. It's tough to give up that low fat, high protein meat. I know. Let me tell you. Um, so 
chicken salad with fruit or without fruit or chicken salad is an abomination. Where are you? Um, if I make it or if I buy it, it's going to have no fruit. Um, if it's given to me at a restaurant or something and it has like an apple or a grape in it, mm-hmm. that's okay. If it has something like a cranberry in it, I'm just put it, pushing it back. I'm just not getting it. <laughs> You're not, uh, will you pick the cranberries out or ha- or is the whole thing ruined? It's It's ruined. Yeah. Okay. I respect that. I'm not a, I don't like tuna salad. I don't like, uh, chicken salad. I just don't. But if I would, if I did like them, I would be right there with you. Stuff like that. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot t- do surgery on it and save it. Yeah. It's, if it's got something in there that doesn't agree with you, uh, you know, it's, it's time to, it's time to look at the menu again for sure. I get it. I get it for sure. Um, okay. Brian. So I have, uh, jumped back into a very regular, uh, schedule at the gym and, uh, it was a rude awakening for me when, um, I got to really trying to, trying to blast my lats, bro. Uh, It's, it's, uh, it's been a while since I really did like, uh, a solid basically back only workout. And, uh, I've been doing, I've been, I've been, you know, staying current, uh, keeping, keeping generally speaking, keeping my fitness level. But, uh, I guess maybe it's the warm weather, maybe it's something in the water, but I'm back to kind of just, um, turning it up a little bit, turning the volume up. So, uh, so I kind of reworked my, my, uh, my routine and got back to doing like isolated parts of the body, uh, for a day, like an entire day or entire session is just basically, uh, one, one section of the body. Anyway, so, uh, a couple days ago it was back back day apparently that's vince mcmahon's favorite day really he's very very proud of his back um which i'm sure he should be at 71 or two whatever uh and unlike uh his quads i don't think he's ever like ripped every muscle in his back trying to get into a ring um you do know about that story right yeah i've heard about that oh man can you imagine just all you do all you're doing is jumping into a ring just kind of hopping into a ring to do a spot and you tear both quads <laughs> right off the That's bat. That's awful. Oh, uh, man. Anyway, uh, he's still a monster, and I, I love, hate, respect Vince McMahon. Anyway, uh, on with the show, by the way. Ripping both quads immediately before he does any kind of, like, act, and he was still on with the show. Anyway, I digress. Back day. So I overdid it with the, uh, with the lats, the lat pull down. And I may, have, I, I, I may have done too much blasting, bro. So <laughs> I, I will... Um, I will give give a precautionary tale uh, that uh, overworking your back. I'm not going to state the obvious here. Overworking your back is no good. Uh, so that's obvious. What might not be obvious is I want to give everybody a couple of tips on how to um, how to build up your lats and get a V a V shaped torso. Ooh. Uh, this is something that uh, not everybody has. Uh, lots of guys want, and it can be a challenge. If you don't work on your lats, uh, if you don't isolate your lats, you're never going to get uh, the V-shaped torso that uh, that you're after. And I think to to some guys, that is kind of like the representation uh, of a muscular back, or or like that's that's the thing that you can kind of um, if you can if you have good lats, you can kind of you can flare them out when you cross your arms, they flare out when you lift your arms, they flare out, et cetera, et cetera. It's like it's the bicep of the back. It's uh, it's cosmetic and all that stuff. So if you if you don't build them up, you um, uh, guys, some guys may kind of feel a little bit unsatisfied based on the work they put in. Uh, the look that they get isn't quite what they wanted. So 
So I just want to give a few uh, a few tips on how to really build up your lats because uh, because I won't brag, but uh, when I'm when I'm really kind of blowing and going, one of the things I do have are pretty big lats. Uh, <clears throat> first, when it comes to the the lat pull down, so the pull down machine, mm-hmm. we put where um, uh, if you guys aren't completely familiar, it's uh, it's a machine like I said, it's, it's the pull down machine. It's got a Usually a big bar, uh, the default uh, configuration. It's got a big bar. You sit down, put your arms up over your head, grab the bar, pull the bar down all the way to uh, close to, as close as you can, touching the top of your chest with full control, extending your arms back up over your head, uh, and then bringing it down again, pulling it down, uh, full extension of the arms, full control. Um, Here's the thing. You're going to see some people pull that bar behind their uh, head. Some people pull the bar in front of them and touching their chest, like I said. I will give you this tip. Your uh, one, generally speaking, uh, your body actually isn't designed. Your shoulders actually are not designed for this movement in the first place. So uh, so you're already kind of um, in choppy waters here. You're, the human shoulders are actually really only designed to lift your arms uh, about to shoulder height, and, and basically, so your arms are parallel with the ground. That's why on movements like the deadlift, uh, the human body can lift tons of weight. Not literally. Kind of, uh, well, not literally. Someday, Brian, in like two or three hundred years, there'll be a guy juiced to the gills, like deadlifting a ton. But uh, <clears throat> when we when we finally mate with uh, Atlanteans or something. So anyway. Uh, that's why the human the the uh, the human body can can bear so much weight if it's holding it uh, with your arms down, like uh, your shoulders and your whole body can just lift a ton of weight, uh, and you can't lift nearly as much uh, on average over your head doing like uh, shoulder presses and military presses and things like that. Your body's just not built for that, so it does the best it can. So the uh, so the lat pull down is a similar thing. It's over your head. And your uh, your physiology is already kind of uh, making compromises to do it. It's not built for that. Do not pull the bar behind your head. If you've been doing it, if you've been doing that to this point, I will I will say um, you're you're probably lucky that you haven't hurt yourself. You yeah. may be putting undue stress on your the back of your neck and not even realizing it. I, I would highly suggest uh, not doing that. Uh, the much safer way to do the lat pull down is in front, pull the bar down in front of you. And then, like I said, this is very important to get your form, um, especially if you're just now starting is to, to bring that bar all the way down to, uh, to touching your chest or as close as you can. Um, once you get into the really heavy pull downs, cheating actually isn't a bad thing, but don't worry about cheating until, until you know, you you need to cheat. When you get into super heavy, like uh, heavy lifting and uh, not many reps, but very heavy weights, uh, you see guys not do the full uh, the full motion. That's actually not terrible, but uh, but that's not how you want to start for sure. Anyway, uh, lat pull down. Pull uh, your uh, pull your bar in front of you. Try to touch your chest. Second thing with the uh, lat pull down, you can either do your palms uh, your palms facing out. When you grab the bar, you can either do uh, basically like an overhand grip, gripping, gripping the bar with your hands coming over the top of the bar and your palms out, facing out away from your body. Or you can do uh, the reverse. You can do uh, a grip that, uh, an underhand grip where your arms are coming, your hands are coming uh, 
underneath the bar and kind of wrapping around the bar and your palms are uh, facing uh, up slash towards your body. If you're looking to, uh, if you're looking to build your biceps or kind of as a secondary benefit, build up your biceps, you want to do, you want to grip the, uh, grip the bar underneath, uh, kind of coming from the, from underneath the bar with your palms facing, uh, more towards your body. You're going to get kind of like a quasi, uh, curl basically. Uh, you'll probably chances are also be able to do a heavier weight that way. And you're going to be working on your, um, your biceps a little bit. Uh, the other way is the much more traditional way. Uh, and that's the way I would recommend really working on because if you do the, uh, you do the overhead, overhead, overhand grip, uh, with your palms facing away from your body, uh, that is going to actually work not only your, uh, not only your back, but it's going to work your shoulders a little bit more. It's also going to work the, um, the back of your arms, a little bit more and building up the back of your arms, your triceps for most guys is usually a lot more challenging than biceps because, um, well, you always end up, uh, working on your biceps, doing curls and lots of other, uh, lots of other movements in the gym, um, kind of cross train your biceps. Like a French um, curl or something. Yeah. So if you put in, if you put in time with weights, chances are you're going to have pretty good biceps just kind of as a product of, of working the weights, even things like CrossFit, very rarely do you do, um, very rarely do you do arm workouts just because you're doing full body motion and stuff with your body weight and your arms just kind of get, get strong by just by almost a byproduct of having to do the other stuff. So I think, uh, I, real quick, I think that's been my sure. problem in working out over the years mm. is I tend to isolate and, see. and not do full range body exercises. Yeah, if you, I mean, uh, that's why, like, with the lat pull down, it's really important to do the full range because you are training. You're training your arms too. It, it's it's a back exercise. the The lat pull down, as it's described, as I as I described it, will will help build your lats. It'll also help build uh, the back of your shoulders, and depending on your grip, it's going to build some part of your arms. So, um, so the fuller the motion, the more complete the motion, the bigger the benefit to those yeah. secondary muscle groups that you're going to get. And then the second thing I, I just wanted to point out too, if you're looking to build up your lats, is to do uh, is to do um, not just the uh, not just the lat pull down, but also do the uh, the uh, uh, lateral uh, the lateral uh, uh, exercise where you uh, put one knee on. You find a um, a bench. Uh, this is a free weight exercise. Go to the, go to the benches, the free weights. And you, sometimes you see guys do this, but if they're looking to build their lats, I don't think they do it enough anymore. It's kind of gone out of vogue. Uh, but it's the, uh, the lat, uh, the lat pull up basically. So, uh, you've got a bench, you put, uh, you put one, uh, leg, one knee on the bench. You've got, uh, one arm, um, on the, uh, or one hand on the bench for stability. So you've got half your body on the bench. Uh, you've got one leg uh, firmly planted on the floor and a light, uh, start light, a light uh, free weight, a light dumbbell um, in, in one hand. And you are lifting it with one arm uh, up to your side and really working that lat, doing it very slowly, full control motion, pulling it from the floor up to as close as you can to your, to your side uh, and then returning it down. Uh, either to the floor or probably close to the floor because you're fully extending your arm. Um, that kind of lat pull 
uh, pull up, so to speak. Um, that is all about the lats. And so you do a set, you can do things like a set of 10 on your left side, uh, switch over to uh, your other side, do, uh, do 10 there, and kind of go back and forth between your left side and your right side two or three times. Um, that is an exercise not a lot of guys do uh, anymore, to be honest with you. So if you are looking to isolate the lats, the pull-down machine for sure, but also over in the free weights, uh, this lat pull-up. Uh, like I said, uh, one knee and one hand firmly planted on the bench, uh, the other uh, foot firmly planted on the ground, um, and then pulling that uh, that dumbbell up from the ground with one arm, one hand, pulling it uh, slowly with full control from the ground up to your side. Um, that's a great exercise. There's really no substitute for stuff like that when it comes to building that very specific muscle. But it's a way to get uh, get that V shape, and if you work that into your uh, your routine, you're actually, I would say, you're you're going to see results pretty quick. Within certainly within a few weeks, you're going to uh, you're going to see some size there, especially if you're eating right and training right, and um, and not overtraining, obviously. But uh, but you'd be surprised how fast you can build up that muscle group. You might be pleased with the results. Um, so. Uh, I would recommend those. And uh, and again, I blasted that muscle group uh, for the first time seriously in certainly a few weeks, maybe a couple months. Uh, and I'm a couple days later, I'm still feeling it in a good way, but I'm definitely feeling it. If you do those two exercises, you'll know if you did them right because you will feel specifically uh, your lats may be uh, barking at you for a couple days, but for good reasons. So, Brian, you, sir, how are you doing on the exercise front? Um, I've been bad. I planned on go to go to the gym, but I didn't. So I'm bringing the gym to me. Oh, so, tell. so, um, God. So, uh, one thing I learned when I moved into this house, uh, there are not a lot of basements where I live. When I live north of here, tons of basements, not a lot of basements here. The ground's really wet. And I learned that when it rains a lot, basements flood. And so my, basically my whole gym is, uh, prone to, uh, prone to water. So, mm. uh, one thing, one thing I didn't have that I've been wanting for years and my birthday was this past week. Um, I got myself or Kim got it, but I ordered it. I've, uh, I, I've always wanted a, an inclined bench. Ah, yes. So you know, they make a lot of crappy ones, but I got what, you know, like, um, a lot of benches will say, Oh, it has a 300 pound weight limit. And that's all well and good, you know, if you weigh 150 mm-hmm. pounds and you're benching 140 pounds. Sure. But if you're 180 pounds and you bench 300 pounds or 400 pounds, that's sure. way too much. So the, the, <laughs> the bench that I got is a has a weight limit of 1,000 pounds, which is great, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to use it for a bench. Uh, the thing I love the most about an incline bench is yes. doing crunches. Oh uh, yeah, I sure. I, I mean, even at my weight, I love doing crunches. I always have. Uh, I've got a strong core, and I, I like working. I like working that muscle group. But I was thinking back to when I went crazy years ago and lost all the weight, mm-hmm. uh, which I always, which I always think about and, and go back to. So, like, what did I start? How did I? What exercise did I really start when I started getting serious about fitness? I started doing a lot of crunches, and I was doing five hundred a day, sometimes twice that if I was like crazy. So mm-hmm. I'd like to get I, I, that's something I'm I, something I'm good at and something I can get back into that'll help get me I guess kick started 
I'll probably have some weights up here too, probably no more than two dumbbells. Probably I'll start with two 25 dumb 25 pound dumbbells to make it easy. Then I'll probably move a, my set of 40s up here, but I'm not going to bring like my 60s or my 75s or my 100s or whatever I have. So, um, it's because it's just going to stay in my office, which there's not mm. a lot of room in here anyway. Mm. So, uh, I got that today. Uh, finally came. So, I'll probably put that together tomorrow or Saturday. And as soon as I do, I am going to start a routine of getting back into crunches. And I'll probably do some minimal, uh, minimal weights on it. So, I love it. I love it. Be sure to log it somehow on MyFitnessPal so we can like it. Uh, speaking of, Brian. On my fitness pal, how can people find you? Oh, I am at uh, GTS Kilby, and oh. I'm that John D. Actually, now that I think of it, I need to put that up on our new website at tfradio.net. Ooh, go check that out, uh, and then uh, click the Amazon links and all that rigmarole. Hey, before we go though, Brian, I wanted to uh, again balance all this uh, all this health talk and weightlifting talk with uh, with you know living a little. We all got to live a little. So two, two more food products that are out there just to give you, uh, give you fine listeners a heads up. Brian and I are not saying to run out and get any of these per se because um, these are cheat day foods to be sure. Uh, but you know what? FYI, these things are out there. We look out for you. We got to look out for you. First of all, just in time for National Donut Day which was this uh, this past week or so. This past Oreo, Friday. Oreo announced the release of an exclusive jelly donut Oreo. It sounds gross. Uh, yeah, it sounds horrible. So um, I don't think many of us are going to be trying this, but it's out there. Found, again, only at Walmart. Man, Walmart is cleaning up in the exclusive garbage food category. Uh, apparently, the uh, jelly donut uh, Oreo has, uh, has hit stores as of the very beginning of June. And it is... Uh, Again, another limited release, the Jelly Donut Oreo. It joins the uh, Syrup and Waffles uh, Oreo, uh, which I saw the other day, actually, still in stores. So if you're, a, if you're both a donut fan and Oreo fan and, uh, you know, uh, I guess hate yourself to some degree, <laughs> uh, the uh, Jelly Donut Oreo is out there only at Walmart. Second thing, Brian, are you a, uh, are you a fan of cereals? Uh, would you consider yourself a, a, a cereal uh, aficionado? I am a cereal aficionado. Okay, so Oreo O's, the oh. Oreo cereal from the mid '90s, late '90s, coming back. Uh, apparently, Oreo O's was a cult hit back in 1998. Uh, it was in the market until 2007, then it vanished. Well, ten years later. Post has announced that the company will be bringing back Oreo O's. Uh, basically, it looks like chocolate Fruit Loops. Uh, the uh, cereal will hit stores starting June 10th. So depending on when you listen to this podcast, it may be out now. Uh, starting June 10th, Oreo O's. They're, they're around and they have no definite end date. This is, this is a reintroduction of a cereal from 1998 that will apparently keep going and going as long as you keep eating and eating it. Um, Oreo O's is, uh, again, Brian, something for the, uh, not the millennials for, I guess, uh, well, I guess we're, uh, Maybe. people in their late thirties and yeah, I guess so. I guess this does count. It's like something that millennials ate when they were, uh, kids, mm -hmm. uh, junior high and stuff for sure. So, um, so more, more nostalgia coming your way this month. Oreo O's, apparently the chocolate fruit loops, they're back, baby. Um, Brian, anything else on Get the Skinny? 
Uh, well, so quick weight check in. Uh, oh, I was down, I think, what, four pounds? No, I think I was up a pound the last time. Mm-hmm. I was up another couple pounds this week. So keep fighting the good fight. Keep Ryan. fighting the good fight. So working so, on uh, it. I know you are. I know you are. We're, we're, we're going, we're watching and reading for you on uh, my fitness pal. Keep logging stuff so we can like it, or I guess unlike it. If yeah. you're uh, not like it, if, uh, if you're gaining weight, but that's okay. Um, weight loss is peaks and valleys. It's not like this, uh, steady decline. That's for sure. Uh, before we go guys, I do want to remind you that, uh, that yes, as Brian said, Brian has worked day and night, uh, on a new website and he should be very proud of it. And you should go check it out. TFRadio.net. Don't forget to support us, tfradio.net slash Amazon. Do your Amazon shopping, and some nickels and dimes go into Brian Kilby's pocket to help pay for that new site and uh, keep these podcasts uh, going out into the uh, the interwebs. Uh, or you can click uh, Amazon links if you go to tfradio.net. Either way, you support us without doing anything extra. Isn't that sweet? It so, is sweet. Brian, for uh, not as sweet as a jelly donut Oreo, but uh, we'll never know because who's going to eat that? Brian, before we go, uh, again, where can people find you on social media and MyFitnessPal? Uh, I am on Twitter at BKilby and on MyFitnessPal at GTSKilby. And you guys can find me. I am that John D on just about everything. So uh, look me up, hit me up, friend me on MyFitnessPal, and uh, you can track uh, track me and see that I eat uh, way too many Egg White Delights for breakfast at McDonald's. But hey, it's 250 calories. It's low fat. It's Don't gross too. It's disgusting. Don't judge me. Um, I do what I can. So for uh, for Brian, this is John. We will see you on the next Get the Skinny. This has been Get the Skinny. 